Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jay Zawoski. It is episode 57. It is Wednesday, December 18th. We are a week away from Christmas. I hope you are ready. I hope you have shopped. I have not. So I need to get that moving and moving quickly. Uh, my Blackhawks book took up most of my December, so I need to get out to the stores and get shopping. I never wait this long, but now, uh, yeah. Maybe just give people subscriptions to Lockdown Blackhawks. That's easy. It's free. They don't need to know it's free. Just say, hey, I got something for you. Give me your phone. Head over to their podcast app. Hit subscribe. Merry Christmas. You're now a subscriber to Lockdown Blackhawks, a lifetime subscription. Who could ask for more? So do that. Do that for a friend or a family member. Literally just take people's phones off tables at restaurants and sign them up. That'd be super helpful if you could do that. I greatly appreciate it. You want to get in touch with the podcast? Hit me up at LO underscore Blackhawks. Voicemail 708-653-0572. Make sure to check out last night's Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Recorded that later on Tuesday night. So give that a listen. It's still fresh. It's still good. It's still clean. And if you want to follow that podcast on Twitter, at MadhousePod. And then my personal account, at jayzawoski 670 Still some things to discuss. I know it's game night. We're going to scout the Colorado Avalanche, as we always do on game days. But a couple things a couple things to clean up uh, around the Mark Crawford situation. I want to talk about um, some things to keep an eye on with Adam Boquist. And also, got a good question from a listener on Twitter today. I want to address that as well. So, let's start with the Mark Crawford thing. Uh, as you know, if you missed yesterday's podcast or if you missed the news... The Blackhawks and Mark Crawford both issued statements on Monday. The Blackhawks have concluded their investigation. Mark Crawford will return to the Blackhawks bench on January 2nd. That is a Wednesday, I'm sorry, a Thursday in Vancouver. So the Blackhawks were happy with their investigation. They found that Mark Crawford had been working to improve himself personally and professionally. Mark Crawford acknowledged the fact that he had made mistakes in the past blamed no one but himself, pointed the thumb, not the finger, and has acknowledged that he's been undergoing therapy for over a decade. He continues to take part in that therapy. Um, So, uh, you know, he's back. He'll be back soon. And I think, like I said yesterday on Lockdown Blackhawks, I think the Blackhawks handled this very well. Um, I am a firm believer in therapy. I think it works. I believe in it. And if Mark Crawford saw something in himself that needed improving, like a lot of people do, who uh, undergo therapy, then good for him. I'm happy for him. Now, uh, Ben Pope from the Sun-Times wrote about this story in Tuesday Sun-Times and brings up a good point where, as opposed to Bill Peters, when all these stories started coming out about what he did with Akeem Alou, a bunch of people sort of started piling on. When the Crawford story came out, that was basically Sean Avery. Then Brent Sopel... It was referenced like from a podcast he did a year ago. Uh, a lot of guys since Crawford was investigated have come to his defense. Even Brent Sobel, who told one of the stories, basically said, look, I wasn't trying to get him in any trouble. I was just telling a story. I don't think that he should be fired or anything like that. Um, and a lot of guys have come to his uh, defense. Robin Leonard tweeted on Tuesday. I'm sorry, this was Monday night. See you soon, Mark Crawford. Good to have you back. So I think this thing has been handled very well, and it is different from the Bill Peters things in a lot of ways, but um, 
the fact that he's acknowledged his mistakes, he's admitted that even before he got, quote, in trouble, he knew that he needed to change and took the steps to change, and that's a good thing. Another thing I want to mention, a couple news and notes here about Adam Boquist. These are from the Twitter account of Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times. Sunday's game was Adam Boquist's 10th NHL game. That means he will be a restricted free agent in 2022-2023. If he plays more than 40 games this season, he will be an unrestricted free agent in 2026, not 2027. That's eight years from now, or seven years from now, however you want to look at it. I think, even those things considered, Adam Boquist should be on the team this season. With the injuries they have, with the place they find themselves in the standings, I think it makes a lot of sense to have a young player like Boquist on the roster, developing, learning on the job, getting better on the job, learning from mistakes. You've seen a lot of Blackhawks talking to him on the ice, instructing him on the ice. And like I said, when he was here with his first call-up, I'd rather have him under the influence of Jeremy Cowton and Sheldon Brookbank, and Thomas Mattel, and all the Blackhawks staff, and playing with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook and Connor Murphy and these veteran players, the best influences for Boquist are going to come from the NHL team. Say what you want about Jeremy Cowton, he's the best head coach they have in the organization. I'm fairly certain of that. Maybe Derek King comes up someday and proves me wrong, but I believe that the Chicago coaching staff, as it should be, obviously, is the best of the coaching staffs in the organization. So I think having Boquist here, even if he's going to make mistakes he wouldn't make in Rockford, makes the most sense. I think it's pretty common sense at this point. And yeah, there have been those moments where you say, oh boy, that was rough. But we all knew that with Adam Boquist, those mistakes were going to happen. He is a aggressive, offensive-minded defenseman with not a lot of NHL experience, with not a fully realized NHL body, there's going to be big, disastrous defensive mistakes for Adam Boquist. Get them out of the way now, when they don't matter. Once this team's ready to win again, he'll be ready to go. That's how it worked with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. Those guys' first few years in, in 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 the NHL, they were rough. Those guys struggled mightily. Learning to be an NHL defenseman is not easy. But doing it at the NHL level for a kid with Boquist skill set makes sense for him to do it here instead of down in Rockford. It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, if you want to get in touch, LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at jayzawoski670. You can also leave a voicemail 708-653-0572. I'm very much looking forward to the episode of Lockdown Blackhawks where I give out my cell phone number instead of the voicemail line. It's going to happen. Last night, if you listened to uh, the podcast on Tuesday, you heard me chuckle when I gave out the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast address email address it's because i had given out my personal address like five seconds earlier and i had to go delete that out 
because uh, I am a moron. All right. Got a tweet on Tuesday from a podcast listener, and it brought up a good question. I, I, yesterday, I was talking about the core of the team and, you know, who do I envision as the core of this team going forward? And I said, I think it's pretty clear that Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett are two guys that you can count on to be part of this core for a long time. I said Kirby Doc is also very likely a part of the core. I went on to say I don't know if he is for certain a true number one center, but he could be, but I don't know that yet. Based on what I've seen so far, I don't know. I'm not saying no. I'm not giving up on him. I haven't lost any sort of faith in him in any way, shape, or form, but the reality is we do not know whether or not Kirby Doc will eventually be a number one center. Adam Boquist, sort of the same idea. Yes, he'll be part of this team going forward for a long time unless Stan Bowman trades him for uh, somebody's garbage. I don't know. You never know. Um, but chances are very likely that Boquist will be part of things going forward. Happy Hawk says, I just listened. What about Strom's game makes you assume, one, he is the only other new core member beyond DeBrinkett. Number two, that he's going to get close to DeBrinkett money or north of $6 million annually. I'm just not seeing the same thing you are. So I went and ran some numbers. I want to make sure that I wasn't too far off here. Alex DeBrinkett, who signed a $6.4 million deal, that's to cap it every year this summer, has averaged 0.76 points per game. Okay, so 6.4 for seven for basically uh, 0.75 points per game. Matthew Kachuk. Averages 0.78 points per game. His deal is $7 million a year. That's to cap it. Patrick Laine of the Winnipeg Jets, 0.8 points per game. He is under a $6 million contract. Dylan Strom, in his career as a Blackhawk, is averaging 0.84 points per game. Again, that's higher than Debrinkit, higher than Kachuk, higher than Laine. Now, he got off to a bad start in Arizona, so his career total is 0.66, but Strom's going to go during negotiations and say to the Hawks, look, I, I average 0.84 points per game for you. I've got to be paid accordingly. And when you look at these contracts, now look, I'm not saying Strom is as good as Debrinkit or Matthew Kachuk or Patrick Laine, but when you look at when he was drafted and players that are comparable to him in points per game, those are the numbers you see. So I think saying somewhere between five and a half to $6 million is probably about where you can expect Strom to be paid. If Stan Bowman is still the GM, he always finds a way to give a little extra money to people. So if it's 6.2, 6.3, or does he match to Brinkett's contract exactly, which is what he did with Kane and Taves? Maybe. But that's a realistic number. And to put that .84 points per game in perspective, that ranks... 21st among active NHL players, one spot behind Brad Marchand, one spot ahead of Eric Stahl. So that's where Strom is. That's the reality. And while he may not wow you with Patrick Kane-style highlight reel goals or 40 goals like Alex Dabrinkit, he is a consistent point producer with the Blackhawks. He's been a big part of their offensive success when they have it. And that's what it costs to pay these kind of players. That's what it's going to cost to lock up Dylan Strom. If it's any less than five and a half, I'll be shocked. I think if it's less than six, I'll be shocked, to be honest with you. 
But if he continues at the pace he's on, he will absolutely have earned that kind of contract. And this is where, you know, we talk about the Brandon Sods on this team. This came up on Tuesday's podcast as well. That $6 million, and I know Brandon Sod's been really good this year. I'm not denying that. That's undeniable. But is he a luxury at $6 million? Because while he's playing well and he's creating chances, he's not putting the puck in the net. And that's been a trend for Brandon Sod for, what, three years now? Four years now? Chances are great, but you don't get points in the standings for chances. You get them for goals. You get them for scoring more goals in the opposition. So if we're talking about what sort of contracts can the Hawks realistically move to get some cap relief, Sod is one. I think Sod's probably the number one candidate. I don't think you want to trade Connor Murphy as he's your best defenseman. He's still relatively young. But that would be, what's his deal? It's like five point, what is it? It's 3.8. That's very movable. Olimata makes over $4 million. He's 25 years old. Olimata is younger than Connor Murphy. He's got two cups. Does anyone want Olimata? That's the question. When Calvin DeHaan gets healthy, is that someone you consider moving? He makes $4.5 million. The two members of this core, I think, are tradable. Well, probably three, but I can't imagine they ever trade Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane is tradable at 10.5, and, and I still think Duncan Keith at 5.5 for three years after this one is tradable. If some team feels they need Duncan Keith's veteran leadership and ability to be the last piece of their Stanley Cup puzzle, if he's their number three or their number four, I could see that move happening. But I think it's going to take a precipitous drop, like a long, long losing streak, where the Hawks have no chance of getting back in it, where they fall, you know, 15, 16 points out of a playoff spot for that to happen. But Saad, yeah, I think so. Mata, yes. Those are two deals I'd be looking to move this season. And I like both those guys. But if it continues to trend the way it's been, Loss, win, win, loss, 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 win, win. If they're not making up any ground, gaining any ground, and the deadline comes, those are some of the deals you could look to move to prepare for the incoming contract for Dylan Strom. Because you're going to have to pay that guy some money. Dominic Kubalik is a restricted free agent. He'll be easy to sign unless he goes crazy points-wise. Dennis Gilbert, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the thing wrong. Slater Kuku is a restricted free agent. Maybe that's a guy you move at the deadline too. I'd move him whenever they can. Anyway, those are some things to keep an eye on going forward to when they start to think about the future and Dylan Strom's next contract. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day reminding you to check out the latest episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast dropped late last night. Totally different content than Lockdown Blackhawks, so make sure you check it out. Me and my partner, James Naveau, break down the Blackhawks we've been doing it for five years that's my baby go check out the Madhouse podcast at Madhouse pod on Twitter time to go behind enemy lines and scout the Colorado Avalanche as we started doing last week we're going to break down the last 10 games for the teams we scout I think it's more representative of how things are going and uh, with that in mind in our last 10 games the Colorado Avalanche are 8-1-1. One, one. They are playing very, very well. When we look at 
the Corsi four percentages. They are 20th in the NHL in their last 10 games with a 49.89 Corsi percentage. That's 466 shot attempts for 468 against the Blackhawks comparatively are 49.08. That's 22nd. 454 shot attempts for 471 against. Again, that's in their last 10 games. High danger scoring chances. Colorado is 10th with a 52.35 high danger scoring chances for attempt. That's 89 high danger chances for 81 against. And we will scroll down here to the Chicago Blackhawks. They are 27th with a 44.57 high danger scoring chances against in their last 10 78 chances for 97 against that's a lot against that's 27th in the league as far as chances against winnipeg the islanders the rangers the leafs then the hawks in high danger chances against but that number four 78 is very low so i don't know it's gonna be a really tough game fortunately it's at home and hopefully the blackhawks can you know try to find some inspiration from the home crowd. I don't know how much that works. I don't know how much, how real that is, but it is definitely an advantage to play at home for most teams. I think Vegas is the team that's the Hawks have played recently that have not had good luck at home. But this, look, these missed opportunity games, like we talked about blowing that four, that three, one lead, the three, nothing lead to the blues. That makes these games against Colorado where you're not expected to win. They make them that more difficult and that much more important. The Avalanche are 11-6-1 on the road. The Blackhawks are five, are 8-7-3 at home. So Colorado is a tough team however you slice it. They are three points out of first place in the Central Division behind uh, the St. Louis Blues, but they've played two fewer games in the Blues. They are That 45 points is also second in the Western Conference. They are a plus 28 and goal differential that is a league leading uh goal differential aside from boston who's 0.29 comparatively the blackhawks with the goal differential they are minus 16 not good by the way because the hawks have been struggling let's check in on our beloved detroit red wings shall we the red wings are 9 23 and 3 with 21 points and a minus 60 goal differential. Listen to that again. 9-23-3 with a minus 60, 6-0 goal differential. We rip the Blackhawks defense. They're minus 16 in goal differential. The Red Wings are minus 60. The next closest team to the Red Wings is the New Jersey Devils, minus 38. It's hard to be that bad. It is hard to be as bad as the Red Wings are. I guess that's what happens when you're great for 25 years. And eventually, the hockey gods catch up with you. Man, they've got some good players too. Tyler Bertuzzi, Anthony Mantha, Dylan Larkin, Andreas Athanasiu. I always have to say that slowly because it's hard to say. In 31 games is a minus 35. Valtteri Filippo is a minus 25. Yeesh. The wings are historically bad. 
And I don't know a lot of Blackhawks fans that are upset about it. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blackhawks. I'm going to keep plugging the Madhouse podcast because 57 episodes in, I'm not shy anymore. I was a little hesitant with the new bosses like, oh, I don't want to promote the other thing. I'm very proud of the Madhouse podcast. Make sure you check it out. New episode dropped last night. So go check that out at Madhouse Pod on Twitter. Even if you don't want to listen, just do me a favor and subscribe to that podcast. Make sure if you listen to this podcast, you are subscribed. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Chances are you've got someone else in your life that loves hockey. Let them know about Lockdown Blackhawks and everything at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hawks play tonight against Colorado. They play Thursday against Winnipeg. Then Saturday against the Avalanche again. A lot of hockey coming up here soon. So stick with Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks so much for listening.